start until the one minute mark, just so I can see how things are looking. <clears throat> so there's being Citrine, go ahead and just kind of say something. Is it a dog? <laughs> I love dogs. <gasps> yes, I love Chinese Cresteds. You know, I can't say. I'm going to have to take a look and see what it is. It's one of those hairless dogs. Oh. Then you don't have to worry about them shedding. And poodles don't shed either. So that's like the perfect breed right there. I'm so Whenever jealous. I get my service dog, I'm hoping it'll be a poodle because of that. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I don't know how I'm going to bring. I'll this. do it. Okay. You got five seconds. Go. What do you mean? You do the intro. <laughs> oh, it's not. We're just. Thanks. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. It's not like a regular intro. Remember? Because we're going to do the regular intro on a different sound clip. Because it's just an interview. Because there's going to be different interviews, remember? Oh, well, okay. I mean, this will be the beginning of it. Because we'll we'll do our intro, and then we'll be like, our first guess is blah, blah, oh, blah, blah. And then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do the emails, hard and part then we'll will do... be tomorrow when we record. Because that's when we won't do an intro is tomorrow. Okay. All right. Sorry, yeah. Citrine. <laughs> <laughs> we learn. We live and we learn. <laughs> All right, we'll go at the uh, we'll go at the two minute mark. Yes, <laughs> we'll nail we it. We do our best here. I'm gonna nail it. I don't even have any water right now, but I know I'm gonna. Me nail neither. It. It's okay. We'll die together. I'm parched. Welcome to Straight from the Melza, folks, where we are anything but straight. My name is Space, and I'm Bean, and we welcome you guys to our episode, which is about what Bean. We are talking about uh, disabilities in the furry fandom. And the reason we came across this is because if you figure it, if you look into it, really, in the furry fandom, who doesn't have a disability of sorts? You've got, you know, what? Well, I was going to mention well, the deaf, I mean, but they can't hear it. And I don't know why I'm doing it again. <laughs> again, space with the again. deaf people. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So like there there are a lot of able-bodied people in the fandom, of course, but there is such a large variety of people in the fandom. And I feel like when people hear variety, they primarily think about like, oh, okay, so like age and sexuality and race, mm -hmm. which is true. But there's also a variety in people in like in just how people are built and how we work there are a lot of diabetics in the fandom there are a lot of people with autism in the fandom there are people who are wheelchair bound there are deaf people blind people uh there's there's way more variety when it comes to that to i guess health based things i'm not wording this as well as i could but you get okay. what i mean and i feel like a lot of people don't think about that when you think of diversity most people think about race and sexuality but there's diversity in you know able-bodied versus disabled for example and we wanted to bring that to light and i don't feel like it's talked enough about in the fandom i feel like people like to touch on like more popular topics what's going to get them the highest view rating and that's not something we really care about. We want to just talk about the things that sometimes people just brush over. And I feel like this is a really good one because there's a lot of us out there. Some here, like you said, have autism. Um, I have a hormone imbalance and it sucks, but it is what it is. Um, our guest, who you'll be hearing from soon, um, has one as well. And we'll go over that in just a moment. But I really feel like we, we should highlight the other things in the fandom that we just either don't really think about as often or we just kind of glaze over and keep going on. And one thing so. I want to mention is that the no. fan. Oh, fine. All right. Logging out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> one thing I want to mention is how a lot of the activities in the furry fandom are just the idea that furry fandom in general, it's a lot of anonymous based things. So like fursuiting is very anonymous your persona online is very anonymous. So like when, when you see someone wearing a costume walking around, 
you don't know what's going on with them. You don't know who they are, what they look like. Someone's persona doesn't necessarily look 100% like them. So with with so much anonymous aspects in this fandom, I feel like some people forget that under the fursuit or under the character, there is a real person with a real life there. And everybody's life is different. Everybody's circumstance is different. And so we wanted to talk to a couple of different people and share our own experiences with that and specifically with disabilities in the fandom. Now, our first guest for this show, we do have two guests for this show. So the first one is Citrine Husky. I've had him on the show before, back when we were called for media, and it was a couple of years ago. And we talked, you know, a little bit about him and what he does, but it's been some time since then. And I feel like we always need a good refresher. So I'd like to bring on uh, Citrine Husky. Welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be back after, what, like about five years, I think, actually. I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, we've been going that long. Uh. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm happy that you're here. I, In fact, the first person I thought of was you when it came to this particular show. And so you're the first person I contacted. Um, and I'm like super jazzed because I know like, you know, I know that you have your thing. And it's I think it'd be really nice to kind of like, what do you call it? Um my God, Bean, I can't think of the word. I'm having a hard time too. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to think of, of like, um, when you like, when you make something glow, I don't, <laughs> it's, this is not helping. <laughs> I want to, I want to make, you make know, light of thank you. I want to, I want to illuminate this part of the fandom and I'm sure there's a lot more people out there. Um, but before we get into it, why don't you tell us who you are? You know, what's your fursona? How long you've been in the fandom? You know, the general stuff. Yeah. So my name is Anthony, but uh, in the fandom, I am known as Citrine Husky. I joined the fandom back in 2013 and attended my first convention about a month before I was on the show the first time uh, in what that was fall of 2014. And here I am 25 conventions later. Um, So I am predominantly in the fandom. I am... uh, mainly musically first. I do a lot of stuff on stage. I do comedy, music. Uh, I danced a little bit. Don't really do that as much anymore. Primarily focused on music, but uh, I am staff for a few conventions as well. So that's kind of what I do in the uh, furry fandom and what I've been doing over the past four or five years. Wow. So you have, a lot has changed since the last time we've talked with you then. Yeah, there's a, I, lot um, less, uh, there's a lot less ums in my vocabulary, I think, from last time. <laughs> that's good, yeah. Not, yeah. not me. <laughs> I did notice. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, like that right there. <laughs> I did I did go onto your Twitter, and I noticed that you did become staff um, at a furry oh, convention. That's rad. And I think that's really cool. That's a hard that's job. That's awesome. I always, I always like to. I always like to encourage those who are, you know, not quite sure about going to a convention or they want to make friends to join on staff first. I've never done it, but I've always heard great response from it and the people love it. And so I think if you want to do something, you maybe you want to like contribute to this fandom, be a staff member. Oh yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, being staff at the convention, uh, it was basically, they invited me as a GOH in 2015. And they were a small convention at the time. They're still relatively small. But uh, anyway, they, uh, when they invited me, I ended up doing, you know, a lot of panels and I can't say no to people. So I'm like, yeah, I'll help you out with this. Yeah, I'll do this. And Mm -hmm. my mate, who's also legally blind, ended up door guarding. And the chairman came to us afterward and was like, you know what? You're coming back next year. Sure, I'll be a guest next year if you want. No, your staff. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm not letting you refuse this offer. Yeah, you've been voluntold. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you just mentioned that, uh, you know, is it your mate or is it your wife? Um, so uh, she is my mate. We're not, uh, we're not married uh, currently. Uh, we plan to, but right now, um, she just graduated college and we oh, just congrats. got our first place. So we're, 
So we're kind of at that point right now. Where we're like, okay, get our life together and then go from there once we have a little financial stability behind us. That that definitely makes sense. Yeah. I know I know okay. where you're coming from right there. <laughs> Planning a wedding is stressful. Yes. <laughs> you'll rip your hair out and then you'll find oh. other things to rip out. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's yeah. dying over there. She's like, this is great. <laughs> she, she knows. Yeah. She knows because it's like, okay, the guy... Okay, we're gonna side tangent here. Mm-hmm. The guy, I'm just speaking for all men in general. We're not the brightest. We don't know how to plan a wedding. <laughs> no, we don't. The only the only guys out there that really do, and if they're good at it, the gays maybe. Okay, they think that they're on top of the world. They know how to plan everything. They kind of do, but they also kind of suck at it. <laughs> Women have just got it. They know what it is. They know what they want. They go for it. And then, of course, there's going to be like little things here and there that you're not going to realize. And she's going to T-bone you with this. And then you're going to be like, what? And then she's going to be like, I want this color. And it, it's just going to be like when you start your planning. The benefits of be a insane. lesbian relationship. But you'll be so glad when it happens. To women. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be it, once you have the wedding, it'll like, you know, you'll feel like super relieved. And then afterwards, you'll be like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> We're not doing this. Uh, anyways, back to our <laughs> our interview here. Um, why don't you go ahead and kind of fully explain what disability you have? And I don't want people thinking that a disability is a bad thing. I try to look at other ways of saying it, but I don't think disability like is necessarily a bad yeah. word. No, it's no. not. It just depends. But go ahead and tell everyone like. What it is that you you have? What have you been diagnosed um, with? What so have you kind of yeah. like? Yes, sure. Um, so I was born with uh, cataracts on both of my eyes, and at the age of six months, they removed one of them and tested it, and they thought that the cataract on my other eye was not growing, so they left it alone. And at the age of three, they went to remove it and they found that it had grown, it had covered the eye and there was nothing they could do. There was a possibility of an eye transplant, but it was like a 10% chance that it would work. And even then there was a chance that after five or 10 years, I would go back to being blind permanently in that eye. So they decided to leave it as is. Um, So I've never had vision in my left eye at all. Um, I've even tested it just for fun's sake. I've tried you know just looking at the sun for a second just to be like mm, can i see anything nope nothing um Miles and, burn it <laughs> yeah it's like well if i if i could try oh my God. before well i just run that okay then I'm yeah. like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> um oh but uh you know just being emo about it um you know <laughs> but uh anyway so um on top of that though um i was also diagnosed um, I do not know the name for it because it's like 20 letters and I don't have that kind of attention span to sound that out. Um, but uh, basically the optic nerve, uh, which connects the back of your eye to your brain. Uh, mine looks a little bit uh, crumpled up. It's not straight like it's supposed to be. Um, neither am I. So that's, that's fine. That suits me well. And um, so, you know, but uh, anyway, what happened is they don't, have any explanation as to how I can see it all because of that. And so uh, I have never been told that there's anything they can do. And the vision in my right eye, because of the optic nerve uh, being damaged, is 20 over 800. So what you would see at 20 feet away, so at 800 feet away, I'd have to be 20 feet away to see it. Oh, my God. And so the best way that I describe it to people, I can see things about it at arm's length. And then that's about it. Then it just fades off into a dense fog. And people seem to understand that the best because of the dense fog. They get that things just kind of fade off into oblivion and out of sight. Um, And I can see color. And it's about like fursuit vision with one eye is what it is, basically. You literally have fursuit vision. Yes. That's cool, though. I mean, I'm sorry. That's not like... I mean, it's like not cool, but it's kind of like... It's a cool way to explain it. It is a really cool way to explain it. Well, and it's cool because I base a lot off of hearing as well, and people don't think about that. So basing off of hearing, you know, I do wear suits, and I do suit. So um, the fact that I suit, like, people are like, you're blind? No way. And it's just like I pop off the head. It's like, I didn't see any difference. There's no difference in what I'm doing, so it's fine. So it's kind of cool. I'm in a fandom where, ironically, everybody is like, yeah, we'll be blind with you. I'm like, cool, this is great. 
sweet. Because <laughs> as far as I can tell, I put on the I put a fursuit head on once, and I'm like, how do you even walk in this thing? <laughs> like, how do you see? It just I feel like the fursuit of the future. And we're saying like maybe 30 years from now, mm-hmm. uh, there's just gonna be like no eye holes whatsoever, and it's just gonna be like a rounded screen on the inside with cameras on the outside that you can't see and you're just going to literally see everything kind of like the inside of iron man head, yeah i guess i imagine that's someone did do something like that with a quad suit yeah really and didn't wow, they, like cool. did it burn or anything oh, i'm not no, really it's just a camera oh. that's actually not a bad idea well hmm. there you go suggest it to um one of those high-tech furries yeah obviously not me <laughs> so that's quite a Wow, 20 feet is not a big distance to really have. I mean, I've driven... Oh, God, I hate driving in dense fog. It's the scariest thing in the world. Oh, my God. Yeah, you killed a dog doing that. Oh, my God, you're not supposed to... (laughs) Why did you bring it back? Call back back to episode one. (laughs) Okay, in my defense, Citrine, I didn't see it. And when I did see it, it was too late. It was too late. And if I stop in the fog, I can't guarantee that I'm gonna get not gonna get hit. So yeah, because the person behind you can't see you. So yeah, I understand. It still sucks though, but I understand. Yeah, it's the worst. God, I put that memory. Thanks, B. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have nightmares (laughs) now. Happy Halloween, fog dog. Fog yeah. Dog. God, that sounds like a cool horror movie title. Uh, it does sound like a really cool horror movie. Yes. Yeah, and it's going to be based off of a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> With you. Yeah, it's me. It comes back for That's revenge. How it happens. Besides, like, seeing, like, only 20 feet in front of you, mm-hmm. um, what would you say would be, like, the physical and or mental struggles you would have to deal with on a daily basis, whether you, like, you first to or you don't? Like, um, I would say one of the biggest things, um, is any sort of depth perception, um, stairs are my mortal enemy. We've established that. Mm. Um, it's, um, it, it's not funny. She, she's like, oh, <laughs> 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 um, but, um, anyway, uh, anything that's got an incline, uh, just because things like that are, uh, really kind of out of my visual peripherals, they don't really, uh, I don't realize until I'm like, oh, I got shorter there. Okay. And um, so the arm's broken. Got... I must have fallen. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> the house got torn. You Let's know, escalators are a fursuiter's worst enemy. I can't oh. imagine getting on oh one being legally blind like that. I got one. Um, so I figured out a cool way for that at AC um, because I went for the first time this year and that was not blind friendly. That was great. Um, but um, anyway, I had a friend, and I've done this at every uh, first super parade beforehand, but never on an escalator. Um, I would hold their tail. I would go behind someone who had, like, a long tail, and then I would hold their tail. That way I don't run into them. That sort of thing happened. But um, anyway, all of a sudden they start getting smaller, and then I'm like, oh, now I have to go down this thing, um, which which was fine. Um, I just let go of their tail, and then they're like, no, no, hold on to it. It's going to get you know, possibly taken into the thing. So I grabbed hold of it again, but uh, escalators are fun. At least I only have to step down and then step off once. And they tend to, That's true. They tend to plateau. kind of know when they're like, okay, get off. So uh, they tend to work pretty well. Um, I like the flat escalators they have at airports. Oh, dude, so cool. Narta running on those is so fun. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it now. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, YouTube it. <laughs> what's that like for you though because like you're, you're not moving up or down you're just moving forward um it's really kind of bizarre i only did it uh once the last time that i was in an airport was going to ace in north carolina back in january and um i went through i got uh well a light over and i was in atlanta which fun so we had to go from, oh that's where i live yeah so we had to go from one end of the airport to the other um and so we just got on one of those things and we went and after five minutes like i wasn't paying any attention i was talking to a friend i was like are we seriously going anywhere it feels like we're almost going backwards and he's like yeah we're halfway across the airport oh that's cool (laughs) it just doesn't feel like it's doing much it's weird 
The only the only part I don't like about it because if you're not paying attention, which is literally every person in the airport, mm-hmm. is that if you're if you're not knowing that it's coming because you can't see it until twenty feet later, is it just abruptly stops? Because it's not like you can know that you're going up or down. Yeah. So it'd be kind of neat if they had like I don't know like <clears throat> one of those pedestrian signals like beep letting you know hey it's coming up. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Uh, a little off topic those pedestrian crosswalks that talk they're specifically for like blind people that were like it says like cross here at so-and-so walkway at my old college if you pressed the button to cross it would go wait wait and if you did it like five times it would go please wait in like a really mean voice and i'm like (laughs) oh my god same as uh as snowflakes uh ball state university about maybe half an hour from where we live um it it does the same thing. I would mess with uh, that sometimes. Just be like, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna aggravate you. This is great. I got nothing to do right now. <laughs> well, I can tell you that the, the next question I'm gonna ask is pointless <laughs> because uh, I was gonna. Ask, the next question is: Is were you a furry before your diagnosis or after your diagnosis? And I think we're pretty clear well, on see, that one. Well, yeah, you were I'm born only, this way. I'm the only person that became a furry in the womb, you know. I get. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, furry just a just a few days after. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, that's the quickest I've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put that in the Guinness Book of World Records right there. Yeah, <clears throat> found the furry fandom because my mother went to. Uh, she wanted to go to see Sticks. Uh, they were at the state fair where I live, and uh, so I went with her and. They actually put on a really good show, and in the middle of it, they got uh, into a little discussion about a new song that they were doing that was about expressing yourself. And uh, they talked about so this weekend we, um, you know, we get a lot of weird looks because we have long hair and we look like rock stars from the '70s still. And uh, we were in a hotel this weekend with people who were doing something called furry. And I found out they were hidden oh in Furcon Hotel. There's pictures of this. Nice. Um, and so they're like, so I say embrace all types. And I say, you know what? Do what you do. These people, by the end of the weekend, we're like, hey, these, these guys are okay. And <laughs> so I went home and I'm like, I am so doing this. And that was the end of it. That's it. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. I used to listen to Sticks when I was younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've gone to pick up sticks, which is an Asian restaurant. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say like pick up sticks in the yard. So I was surprised. I was like, "That's a restaurant." That sounds like a cool name, though. Well, it it's it kind of is. It's in a college area, so oh. good luck trying to get there. Yeah, um, it's, it's just swarmed with poor students. <laughs> um, Me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what would you say are some fandom-related activities that you enjoy doing? Uh, so fandom activities that I enjoy doing. I enjoy fursuiting quite a bit. Um, and I do have, and I'm not bragging here, but I'm just going to lead into this really quick. I do have four fursuits. And it's nice because three of them people don't really know are mine. And so once in a while, I will pass them out to my friends and we'll go suiting together or either I will uh, put on one of them and not take my cane, not take nothing. And then people have no idea that it's the blind guy underneath <gasps> until they go to the headless sounds are like, what are you doing? That's so <laughs> cool though. <laughs> they just look at you and are like, why yeah. are you doing this? I, it ha- I started because doing I that because of, uh, because of convention that I was at, uh, I wore all four suits in the matter of a day. I would wear one for an hour and then I went back up, got a new one. And I, and I did that. And I had people asking me by the end of the day, Hey, have you met the other blind people at this con? There's other blind people. I, I, I'm like, yeah, they, yeah, I met them. They seem cool. They're, they're all right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, but um, outside of that, uh, outside of fursuiting, I love to, um, I actually, like I said before, uh, I love to perform. Uh, if you look back on the episode from about five years ago, uh, I did some first new dancing then. I did first new dancing for maybe a year or two, and I'll still do it on rare occasion, but it was more of a novice thing. Um, and so I started doing music and started working with people uh, about three years ago. 
Uh, and recently, I've done a lot of shows, including one that's coming up in a few weeks at the convention that I staff. So um, I've been opening like for Fox and Pepper, working with them. And I've got three albums that are out at this point. So doing music is a lot of fun. That's um, awesome. And then doing comedy because some of my friends are like, blind jokes are great. You have stories about blind endeavors. This is funny. And I'm like, okay, well. Does it does it make it easier so. to perform if you're nervous? Like, if you can't fully see your audience? Because I know, like, performers who are able-bodied, they'll be like, put the floodlights on me so I can't see them, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, I... I had my first panic attack uh, right before I went on stage at AC this year um, because I had never been on main stage at AC and people were like, this is the pinnacle. This is it. Don't mess up. Thanks. Um, But um, yeah, at any performance, I'm honestly thankful that I'm blind because if I wasn't, I don't think I could do it. I can't imagine just looking straight out and being like, hi, there's everybody. That's cool. They're all watching me. Oh, I don't like this. I would just shit uh, myself but, and have to walk off stage. Like that's yeah, the joke, guys. Bye. Like, so, yeah, I I need to take care of something. Not here. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> People have said like, picture your audience naked, and I'm like, no, I don't want to just think about that. That's yeah. gross. I mean, it's like. Some people don't follow six two one, and I don't want to think of. Yeah, you're right. If people don't know what six two one is. Shame on you. But <laughs> six two one is, uh, I believe it's six hours of sleep, what? two sh- or two meals, well, one shower. If you're a suitor, I think two, two showers. showers. I've seen yeah, some for suitors. Yeah, if, yeah. That's the bare minimum that we're just yeah. asking for anyone uh-huh. at a convention. That's all we're asking. So. Yes, please. I haven't heard the six two one rule in such a long time. Wow. I know. It's they they do it now, luckily, at just about every free convention that I've been to. Uh almost all of them. They're like, you need to do this. Not for you. They're like the six hours of sleep and the two meals a day are for you and the one shower is for everyone around you. <laughs> Thanks. They should just yes. put like a like a complimentary toothbrush and a toothpaste and then like, I don't know, hand sanitizer and everyone's like badge kit that yes. they pick up. Like that to emphasize be, I'm that. that needs to be a convention theme now. I'm going to suggest <clears> that just have sanitation. Just have that be the theme. Literally, oh, that would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> Don't get the virus. Um, that, would, that would be cool. With being on stage, you, you said you used to do fursuit dancing, which sounds like it would be scary in a way. Difficult. Like, yeah, it would be difficult. Is Is there anything that you do in the fandom or want to do that your like legal blindness gets in the way of um i don't know if i'd say it gets in the way i found loopholes mm-hmm. around it because i'm the type of person that if somebody kind of says well you probably can't do that then that's kind of challenge accepted yeah hell yeah um, and so um people have talked about uh you know well, how are you going to do art i've had certain artists that have actually taken the audacity to learn and research braille enough to actually make me badges that are tactile that way. That's so nice. that's cool. And that is so cool. And it and so uh, there have been people that have actually, you know, that uh, I've talked to that are wanting me to basically make like a tactile thing of their persona. So I will take a look at it and then I can make it embrace almost like this tactile raised thing and then give it to them. Um, and they just find that so cool because nobody really does tactile art like that in the fandom or raised badges and things like that. So it just seems like kind of something that's really That's cool. amazing. That's really neat. That's something you can say that you have that no one else has. Yeah. It's right on. <clears throat> I love that. All right. Bean, you get the next questions. Uh, so I've asked all yeah. the hard ones. <laughs> yeah, I guess I get the end ones. <laughs> With with that, does the fandom help you in any way, like physically or mentally? Like, I know a lot of people use the fandom as like a coping mechanism to get them through tough times. Is there anything like that with you? Oh, definitely. Um, not to say that there's anything wrong with my family, but um, my family was always the type, pretty straight edge. Um, and so me kind of knowing at a young age that I wasn't necessarily part of that mold, um, I kind of was an outcast through middle school high school um and especially college and then when 
I found the fandom, it was kind of this immediate I'm home. Um, I had struggled with depression for years. I had obviously had, you know, blindness all my life. And so uh, finally, I had found a place that I belong. Uh, and yeah, the furry fandom is definitely almost like a, uh, it's almost like a physical uh, medication uh, for me. Um, so that's definitely something that I'll always cherish. So yeah, the furry fandom definitely helps me uh, mentally and they definitely help me physically too. They, I do have a lot of friends that, you know, will help be my handlers at conventions. Uh, I have friends, certain friends that go to the conventions that I do. So they're just like, Hey, you can ride with me and we'll split the gas. This is cool. Um, so yeah, the furry fandom, my friends definitely help me in that regard. It's like therapeutic sure. in a way. Is there any advice you would give to someone who's like newly diagnosed or newly becoming a, a furry with any kind of disability or specifically blindness? Um, so for blindness, uh, there are a few other blind furries that I do know of that I'm good friends with. Uh, and they recently joined the fandom. But um, for anybody who happens to listen to this uh, that has a disability, you know, be it a uh, visual impairment or otherwise, um, the furry fandom... I know it gets being like a dead horse, but the furry fandom is very inclusive and we are very friendly people. We try to help out our own. You're always going to have the bad apples, what community doesn't, but at the core of it, we all are like a giant family and it helps to know that you're not alone. You really aren't. You, you have a lot of people and you can find somebody who relates to you. And the best part is uh, straight from the get go, you have people who already have something in common with you. So it's not like you have no common ground. You're furries. You you like anthropomorphic animals, and you can at least build off that so you have something to start out with. That's very true compared to other fandoms and other interests. Like, because the furry fandom, we're fans of each other, basically, there is immediately that common interest. Whereas, like, in the, oh, yeah. like the anime community, not everybody likes the same show. But with the furry community, you already have that connection. So for our last question of the night, um, if there was one thing that you could say to all of the able-bodied people in the fandom who haven't experienced anything like this before, what would you tell them? So um, I would tell them um, just to have an open mind. Uh, We are just like you. We all have our issues, our hindrances, uh, be very small, be very noticeable. And that a disability doesn't own you, but it enables you to rise above and to actually show the world that you can do anything that you put your mind to. Um, it shows you just how strong your mental stamina and how long, how far your determination can take you. So at the end of the day, we're all humans. We should all accept each other's differences, but never forget what makes us all well the same. Well said. That's Beautifully true. said. I'm a little, I'm a little like, I'm not teary eyed, but kind of like just that punched me right at the heartstrings. I I was thinking at some point, I'm like, I'm going to so screw this up so (laughs) hard in a second. (laughs) No, no. If you speak from the heart, like it, you truly hear it. And I think we heard it for sure. I mean, I just sat there and I'm just like, oh my God, (laughs) I can feel my lip quivering. (laughs) (laughs) it's a way now so that was our first guest for the show citrine husky we'll have all your um social media links in the description of this episode uh if you want to give yourself any kinds of shout outs uh what is your like your twitter your your telegram anything like that you want to go ahead and shout out for us Cool. Um, so on Twitter, you can find me at Citrine Husky. I'm the same on YouTube. Uh, you can find all my music there. Um, it will be at the time of this video going live. It's going to be on uh, Amazon and iTunes and all that under Citrine Husky or Tony Patrick. Um, and then I am, like I said, on Telegram under Citrine Husky as well. All right, Rad. We'll have to check out that album. Awesome. And like we said, we'll have all the links below. So you guys will have that information as well if you ever want to reach out or just follow. Definitely. Thank you for coming on and talking with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And we'll have you again. I promise you that. All right. So our very first email of the show comes from Sky Draco. And this is what they have to say. By the way, thank you for emailing in. 
greatly appreciate it. Yes, we really appreciate everybody who emails us in. Absolutely. Because it definitely makes just the show so much more fun to listen to. All right, so this is what they have to say. Hi there, my name is Sky Draco. I've been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder since I was two years old. Mainly how the fandom affected me was I was I almost lost my job because my manager was trying to fire me because of my disorder until I was transferred to a different workplace and started to feel lonely because I'm mainly the only one closing up the place at night. So I borrowed my phone. So I, oh my God, I cannot <laughs> browse. Thank you. So I browsed on my phone for like furry fandom podcasts and believe it or not, um, was the drag show that shows me the showed me the community what was it was like and how to get involved since it was difficult for me trying to make friends in general but i started attending meetups in my hometown and started doing videos for the community recently back in august i was a part of staff for denfer congratulations um and had an amazing time most times i will get messages like i'm very inspirational uh, for helping those with autism disorders trying to fit in. Um, also has helped me with my depression and mainly belonging to a fun and amazing community. So um, for those who don't know, like the autism spectrum, like it's it's a really big spectrum. It definitely is, yeah. There's different things that, there's different things that fall into it. My uh, Kleinfelter syndrome, which you guys have heard me talk about in the past, that is a very like rare branch that branches off of the spectrum of autism. I wouldn't say I have it, but it's I guess it's part of it. So I kind of get where he's going, where this person's kind of like coming from. So it's a really interesting um it's it's interesting to have. It's it's a I'm sure it's hard to deal with, but it always helps to have friends out there and I'm so glad that this one, Sky Draco actually you know, uh, join staff because as we mentioned in the past, it's, it's best to be on staff to make friends. So I'm really glad. Thanks for emailing in, by the way. If you're able to be on staff for a furry convention or able to be staff for like a fur meet group or just to go to fur meet groups or to go to conventions in general, it can really help you like get more comfortable with social situations and ease your way into like just, group building and like social skills Uh, i know a a lot of people who have autism will get really overwhelmed and overstimulated in group settings like that so starting off small like this person did and then moving into being staff at a convention is a great idea our next email is from omega that's right hello there i have to admit i never thought i'd be writing again to talk to the muzzle Uh, But wow, I'll contribute my personal experience regarding my disability. When it comes to disabilities, some tell me that it would be really bad not to be able to walk or even see. But when it comes to having Asperger's, I would say that they're certainly wrong. Since although I exceed in some aspects like automotive knowledge, and I can explain things in very simple ways for anyone to understand, I still have some trouble understanding social cues, even if I try to go out every weekend. I tend to talk a lot when I'm confident and get comfortable with a group, but bullying was a big issue for me, and it chased me all the way into the beginning of the ESO, which is basically the last grade of school. This ended up making me become a loner. So in 2016, after becoming interested in the furry fandom, I discovered that my apartment renters were fursuiters after I woke up from a nap. Let's say that I wasn't pretty much done with the social aspect i hated being with other people unless they shared my interests which was few and far between so far being a patrol head which if anyone doesn't know what that means it means you're really into like cars and automotives so far a petrol head did i say wrong yeah petrol head it's fine yes (laughs) so far (laughs) being a a petrol petrol head petrol because petrol's oil in europe that's right yeah that has been a big part of my like my life the racing on the tracks the shows and the night meetings with the occasional hoon i'm not sure what that means uh but you can guess i really hated it when people would start invading my space or coming right up to me to talk to me like they knew me from long ago it certainly grinds my gears still to this day so three years later after becoming a subtle furry i hold on 
I'm subtle about it, but I still give faint hints of it through many things. But back to the subject. Eventually, the community managed to break my shell, and after having so much to talk about online through Amino and Discord, discussing characters, making characters, writing stories, and those unforgettable joke roleplay nights, I eventually broke the walls that held me back and got involved with my local furry group and went to many fur meets around town. Although no fursuiters were there, I couldn't care less about it. I also managed to finally find people I can truly relate to in many aspects. I'll never need a safe space to talk or to be myself. Just give me a bit of space and I'll give you the best of me to you, for you to enjoy. That's cool. And they mention in the email as well that through going to these fur meets, they got to meet people um, that they never would have really gotten to know well, like a variety of people like trans and non-binary folks. They mentioned meeting a, a trans girl that they became romantically interested in who was also a patrol head, which is really cool. Um, so they they were talking a lot about how going to these fur meets and finding a bunch of different people to interact with kind of helped bring them out of their shell despite the, um, the social issues that came with the disability that they were talking about earlier, which was um, Asperger's. And they also mentioned that a petrol head is the other name car enthusiasts use to refer to a fellow enthusiast. Yes. And while you were going on, I actually Googled what a hoon is. So H O O N. Mm-hmm. And it's in Australia and New Zealand. It's a person who deliberately drives a vehicle in a reckless or dangerous manner, generally in order to provoke reaction from onlookers. So there's like hoon activities and all different types of things like doing burnouts, donuts, uh, screeching tires, all that fun stuff. Oh, so, I see. I see. I've so never it, heard it that is, term before. It is slang. Yeah, it looks like it is slang. And I'm wondering if they are from um, Australia or if they're from New Zealand. So I'll have to we'll have to send them a message and find out because I'm actually quite curious now. But bringing that up, um, there are like, while the furry fandom, the initial interest that everybody shares is like, you know, anthropomorphic animals, there are kind of like subcultures within the fandom. And it seems that oh, like... Yeah car furries mechanics and um petrol heads whatever you call yourselves depending on where you come from uh there there are a lot of people interested in that in the furry fandom and there are a lot of panels like i think at fwa one year i remember seeing a panel for mechanic furries so if you want to get even more specific with your interests within the fandom you can do that there are tons of different groups that you can find that delve deeper into specific interests along with also being a fan of you know just furries in general and i oddly enough because i'm not a big like automotive fan like i don't know like how to fix a car but i do appreciate the craft of the car and how like what it goes to making it and i follow a lot of racing furs and car furs and there's a bunch of them i believe in like berlin there's a few of them in france italy um, united kingdom has a lot of them they're everywhere but i love watching the ones outside of the united states a little bit just because it's a little bit more of a different culture and i like kind of seeing different aspects of the furry fandom and different cultures it's fun so our next email comes from I, I don't know how to pronounce this 100 percent Taytam. Why call them let's call them Tay Tay. <laughs> Tay Tay. That works. Okay. So this person emailed in and they say, I am diagnosed with high functioning anxiety disorder, BPD, C PTSD, and depression. The four work hand in hand. When I first got really deep into furry Facebook, I would use it as a venting space for my negative emotions, which which often led to me causing fights and arguments. I would log in under a different name and persona, one I wouldn't normally use, and this would be my hidden troll that just shit posts. I used to thrive on the attention, whether it would be positive or negative, but it got to the point where it was affecting me so negatively that it drove me to suicidal thoughts. My disabilities or mental illnesses prevented me from communicating in a healthy manner and using Facebook as a negative release. I now have stopped using that account and instead have an account for close families, members, and friends. I plan to never look back and I want to remain positive. 
I like to wear my fursuit because it allows me to escape and go into a headspace. This old fursona, this negative fursona I had when I wore the suit, just wasn't the same. Along with my mental illnesses, I am also diagnosed with bad arthritis in my spine and legs, along with nerve and muscle damage in my feet, which prevents me from suiting for long periods of time. I would often only partial because of this and because of my increased body temperature due to my thyroid disease. At first, I would get very upset because I couldn't get any attention in a partial versus a full suit, but I learned to realize that I am suiting for me and not for others. The suit is my time to escape and to be somebody else. Not someone who suffers from childhood trauma, not someone who's scared or depressed, but someone who's hyper and excited. Last month, my life hit an all-time low, and I was sent into a mental health treatment center for a week due to suicidal tendencies. My family promised to support me by paying for my bills while I was gone, and then backed out. This left me in a panic. The furry community got together and created a GoFundMe for my bills that was fully funded. Because of them, I was able to pay my rent and look after my animals, and I am ever so grateful. Because of this incident, this showed me the positive side of the fandom, and it has restored my faith in the community versus the toxicity that I saw on Facebook. I continue to wear my suit and do community events without pushing myself, but if I am in too much pain to suit, I am happy to watch everybody else enjoy themselves. The smiles is what I live for. Furries have also been so understanding of both my physical and mental disabilities. Many of my clients, I do art and fursuit commissions, have been so patient and understanding over everything, and I honestly can't even imagine this in a non-furry scenario because most clientele and bosses wouldn't tolerate it. I am thankful for this community. I'm sorry. I started to cry. <laughs> oh, space buddy. Well, there's there's a lot that's going in there. So at the very beginning, there is, yeah. we have high-functioning anxiety disorder. So I have a lot of anxiety. Um, BPD, so boy parrot disco. That's- Bipolar disorder. Yeah, also known as, well, <laughs> this one's actually called borderline personality disorder. So or borderline personality that's disorder. Just, it that's could like, be I think that's the official way of saying it, but it does come under as bipolar. Um, I think so. CPSD is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So I just like for all those like who just don't know what that is, I mean, to have all of that going on, plus the fact that they mentioned they have thyroid disease. Could and also, arthritis yeah, that could yeah. also develop into thyroid cancer you know all of this is going on in this person's life and they have seemed to figure out a way to handle it but they've also had the fandom come in behind and help them with it too and man i kind of wish there was that was like that for a lot of people out there but Yeah, I do too. It's nice that, and this is something I've seen a lot with the furry community specifically, if something like real and harsh happens to somebody and, you know, I have seen a lot of GoFundMes become successful in a serious situation because furries have been there for complete strangers Uh, and, you know, there's there's a great deal of empathy and sympathy within the furry community, I believe. And because of that, I feel like you can get a lot more help through this fandom. And it can really, like, it's really nice to see, whether it's through, like, a GoFundMe or just through emotional support online and people messaging complete strangers, you know, just checking in on them every now and then. Um, I know it's happened to me before in the past, and it's definitely happened to others. And it's really refreshing to see every time it happens. Absolutely. <clears throat> I knew that reading these emails, one would get me. <laughs> it always does. Um, but then again, I am also like an incredibly emotional person. So because my my anxiety and my severe depression um, mute a lot of my emotions, when they do actually come out, they're super powerful. Um, sometimes I don't know how to handle it. Um, like suicidal thoughts, this person going through suicidal thoughts. I know exactly where you were. I was there months ago and I don't want to go back there ever again. It's not a fun place to be. So I, no, I, it's not. I, as soon as I saw that, that's when I just kind of like snapped <laughs> and kind of just started to lose it. So, um, and you know, in a sad, but you know, good way. So I'm fine now. 
Okay, so our last email from the night comes from Draconius Tempest, uh, Draco for short. And at the beginning of the email, they have stated that they had cancer five years ago, but recently became clear of it. Congratulations. Um, And their email states, Dear Straight from the Muzzle, I wanted to say I've been seeing this ad on and off over the past month or so, and I got to thinking as I read it, I saw that having cancer was under disabilities. And as I said before, I don't have cancer at the time of writing, but I did have it. The way it impacted me as a fandom is that I was introduced to the fandom after I became clear of the cancer, but I had to stay near the hospital. While I was in the hospital, I came across a few videos that were titled furry rave videos with certain songs that intrigued me. Out of curiosity, I turned to Pinterest, yes, I have an account on it, and found artwork of furries. Though I am unsure if I actually see myself as a furry, I have gotten myself into the fandom a bit since then, and kind of enjoyed seeing and meeting people within the fandom itself. At least through Discord, I can also chat with furries. And at the end, they sent a screenshot of our ad that they were talking about since we had been advertising this um, show for a little while, trying to get emails in. So we really appreciate everybody who has sent in an email. And um, them mentioning how they saw, like, the videos and whatnot of the like the furry videos on YouTube while they were in and out of the hospital as entertainment. I can say while I was in the hospital as well for about two weeks when I was getting my like diabetes sorted out uh, when I was younger, I actually watched a lot of furry convention videos on my mom's phone. So like I totally get that. I can relate to that a lot. Man. It just kind of like for for Draco, it reminds me, and all these other people have emailed in, how escapism and coping is a consistent theme within, you know, the furry community and with any interest, really. Uh, but I feel like a lot of furries, especially ones who have had health issues or uh, mental struggles in the past, really use the fandom as a way to cope and a way to, you know, escape the real world for a bit. All right, that is the end of part one for Disabilities in the Fandom. We thank very much Citrine Husky for being a guest on our show. And I'd also like to thank all of those who took the time to email us about their experiences with Disabilities in the Fandom. On November 18th, we will be releasing part two of this particular episode. And that's going to be Ashada from Weasels on Easels. Y'all have a good night and we will see you next time.